321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Lucy Chang Evans. Lucy is a civil engineer, but the most unique employer on her resume is the Secret Service. After seven years as a civil engineer, Lucy decided to make a career change to fulfill her patriotic duty by becoming a Secret Service agent. It was a fulfilling experience, but after a year and a half, she made the difficult decision to leave the profession to build a family. Ten years later, Lucy found herself in the middle of a divorce. She had been a stay-at-home mom and had no relatives or professional contacts nearby. Her kids were ages eight, five, and two. After months of job searching, Lucy landed her first job interview in 13 years. She got the job and got her life back on track. Lucy was able to overcome the 10-year gap in her work history by returning to her original career as a civil engineer. Last year, Lucy left the workforce again. This time, she left to pursue an online MBA and help her children navigate e-learning at home during the pandemic. She also ran an unsuccessful bid to win a seat on the city council in Naperville, Illinois. And we're going to talk about what comes next. Lucy, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you. It's, I'm excited to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you. I remember that we first found out about you and your relaunch story in an article that Joanne Lipman wrote for Time Magazine, where there was a brief uh, feature about you in there. And then later, a series of posts that you made on LinkedIn that talked very frankly about the challenges of relaunching as a single mother. And I want to know if you can recount some of that experience for us, just so we have a little background. Okay, well, um, I should probably start a little further back. I started, my background is as a civil engineer. I got hired as a civil engineer right after college. And a couple years later, staring down the barrel of 40 years of that, I made the career pivot, as you mentioned, uh, to become a secret service agent. So that was a very stressful job. And I was uh, dating my first husband at the time. So After a year and a half of that career, I decided to leave the Secret Service to start a family. And 10 years later, uh, and three three children later, we decided to divorce. And that's where I ended up having to relaunch for the first time. It Mm -hmm. was daunting to, um, to... think about even getting back to work. I thought, you know, I thought I was done working and uh, I knew that the only way to support myself was to get back to work. Mm -hmm. And so you knew you had this career gap. You knew you had three kids at home. You're a single mom. Were you afraid? Like what were your your emotions? Uh, I, I would say that I had never felt so alone and how many, you know, that I had so many cards decked against, against me. Like I said, like you mentioned, I had no family in the area. We had moved from Washington, D.C. Um, to Illinois, where I, I knew no one before we came here. So restarting my career was was tough. Um, I did like uh, you had a TED Talk where you had um, mentioned that when you leave the worst workforce, time kind of stands still for the people that you used to work for. So that's one of the things I did was I, I started to reach out to everyone I had ever worked with. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, because uh, my self-esteem was in the dumpster, uh, I, you know, 
not just the not working, but being a mom takes away some of your identity and having been out of the workforce, feeling irrelevant. So it was really nice to get in touch with people I used to work with and, you know, get some encouragement that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you're touching on a couple of really uh, key uh, topics and um, themes that, that we have we focus on it. I relaunch, and I remember myself when when I was returning, uh, feeling very professionally disconnected, feeling a diminished sense of self, and and part of that is what you're talking about. That and I, I've talked about this before. That our identities uh, in our society, our identity is very closely attached to what we do for work, and when you take that out of the equation, you sometimes don't feel whole. So uh, so it's it's a, it's a very vulnerable period to begin with. Uh, and then I want to emphasize for our audience that you were getting back in touch with people who you had been out of touch with, I'm guessing, for a dozen years, 13 years. And yes. and can you talk a little bit about what was the reception? Like, were you worried they wouldn't remember you or were you, were you worried that they would be like, why are you all of a sudden getting in touch with me now? Like, how do those conversations go? Well, the nice thing is I had kept in touch with some of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I lived in most of my professional, actually all of my professional career had been in Southern California. Mm -hmm. So I love Southern California. Mm -hmm. So I used to go visit every once in a while and I would love to, you know, everyone, every time I could, I would still meet up with my old coworkers and friends. So I had kept in touch with them Mm -hmm. over the years, but not in a professional sense, you know, we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about work or anything like that. So it it was a great reception back and they were very um, helpful when I was asking them, hey, can you be a reference for me? And what do I, what do I need to do? Because I know no one out here. Do you know one out here? No, no one did. But Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that uh, was brand new was LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. one of my former co-workers, said, go on LinkedIn, find mm-hmm. as many of us that are on there as possible, because not even very many of my friends were on LinkedIn, but but that was helpful just to get me networked again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a few comments on what you, first of all, I'm a Southern California native, myself. Oh. Oh. I was born and raised in Long Beach, California, and my whole family is still there. So I know what you're talking about. I, I love it there too. Uh, and the idea that you got in touch with people from the past, they had that frozen in time view of you. They had the enthusiasm about your prospects that you didn't have for yourself to the point where they agreed to be your reference, even though you had a working relationship so many years before. Again, just wanting to call this out to our listening audience because uh, people wrestle with this and get worried about uh, getting back in touch with people from the past, especially if it's years and years ago. And then this third piece about using LinkedIn to find all those long lost people from the past, and especially you know now more than ever that I you know you're talking about a number of years ago. Uh, this LinkedIn is an, an incredible tool uh, to find people from your past, and if they have a profile on LinkedIn and you can search by your employer, they're going to pop up. So uh, that it's a very helpful tool. So I'm really glad you're you're uh, highlighting all of that. Uh, so. That feels like maybe it was the first of a number of vulnerable moments that you had to move through in this process. And can you talk about others? And then did you become, did you feel less vulnerable over time as as things started to move forward? Or was there a lot of rejection? And, you know, how did you manage that uh, emotionally as well as strategically? 
Well, first of all, I would say it got worse over time. It got worse <laughs> over time at the very beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first, you know, I, I call my first two months of my divorce as the time I cried for two months straight. Mm. So, you know, I didn't even think about applying. I, I was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to have to live in poverty off of child support because I, no one wants me. You know, I felt mm-hmm. so unwanted. I felt so useless and ir- irrelevant. So mm-hmm. after I, you know, put on my big girl pants and started, I applied for everything, you know, th- mm-hmm. like, you know, admin assistant positions, you know, I put in my uh, application to Costco. I did not think I would be able to get back into engineering because it had been more than 10 years and uh, I thought technology had passed me by. So, mm-hmm. but I went ahead and decided to uh, apply for my Illinois professional engineer's license anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, the process of putting one foot in front of the other did pull me out of that nosedive, mm-hmm. <laughs> that nosedive into everything's ruined. You're never gonna, you know, you're never going to get out of this hole again. So mm-hmm. it, it got worse, especially with every, I didn't, not only did I not get rejections, I got nothing. Everything mm-hmm. that I applied for, I got zero, you know, so I wasn't sure if I was just sending job applications into a black hole or what, but I got no responses for the first several months. And can you give us a little bit of a timeline on that? So you were doing that for a while and you said um, that you then uh, went to get, what did you call that? A professional engineering license? What exactly is that? So in California, I have, you know, most engineers, it's kind of like passing the bar for an attorney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in California, I had a professional engineering license and I always kept that up because I was like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, for a hundred bucks a year, I'm, I'm keeping it. And, Everyone and listen that. to that. That's another <laughs> tip is if you have licensure or, or some sort of credential and there are especially minimum requirements to keep it current, make sure you do. Because if you don't keep it current, it's a much bigger process to start all over again. Yeah. And I should point out, I could not pass that test today if I wanted to. It's a very difficult exam. And so I, mm-hmm. I study, I put so much work into it. That's why I, uh, the nice thing about when I got my um, PE license in California is that I never have, I don't have the requirement to get PDHs to, con- to maintain the license. That's a requirement now. What's a PDH? Oh, I'm sorry. PDH is a professional development hour. So oh, you okay. need to. Like continuing you know, education? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you need to, you know, learn, learn what's new, go to seminars and uh, continue your education mm-hmm. to maintain your license. So I, I don't have that requirement. So I just pay the money every year <laughs> to mm-hmm. California. Okay. That's all is involved. So when you were going for that license in Illinois, um, what was the process? Did you have to do any academic studying or you simply transferred it? Yeah. The nice thing is I thought I was going to have to, you know, take the test again, mm-hmm. or I didn't know what the process was. So, I, you know, that's one of those things is like, don't be afraid to look into it. So once mm-hmm. I looked into it, I realized that, Every state takes a California PE license. It's not reciprocal, but a California PE license is good, I think, in pretty much every state. So Illinois, they said, you know, show us your licensure and you can apply through us. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was only it only took about four months to get the whole process. I think I had to get references mm-hmm. and um and of course, pay a fee, but you know, and get my college transcripts. I had to provide a lot of paperwork, but mm-hmm. once it was done, at least I didn't have to take that test again, and and I did get licensed. 
Okay. So it feels like that was kind of a milestone moment. Did, did that um, make you feel like you could officially apply for engineering jobs? Like, did, did that change your trajectory and in, in what, how you were approaching your job search? It didn't change the tra- trajectory so much because by the time I looked into it, I already decided the only thing that will be a, that I can do to support myself and my children is to go back into en- engineering. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I already started looking at engineering jobs. Once again, I, I applied, uh, I, at least I got responses from about half of the, well, I don't know, just a, a couple of the firms that I applied to saying, no, thank you. But uh, I knew that at least I was getting responses for the other jobs. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided I wanted to work for the government because it's easier to work for a, a government agency than to work for a consulting firm when you have young children. Mm-hmm. And um, the stress level is lower. You don't have to worry about being billable all the time. You don't travel. So I kept this database of every municipality within driving distance of my house And I checked, they don't advertise these jobs except on their own websites. So I checked Mm. every municipality's website, every government agency's website, at least once a week (laughs) to see Mm -hmm. if there were any new jobs. And sure enough, um, starting in the spring, everyone's, you know, uh, several jobs popped up, which I hadn't seen in the last few months. So um, I started applying to those and I did receive, uh, I, I finally received two job interviews. One mm-hmm. was for, the first one was for um, the picture that was captured on LinkedIn with me going back to work. You know, that was my first job interview in 13 years. Um, mm. That was for DuPage County. And and I did not get that job until I think, wait, that was in February. Four months later, that's how long it took. <laughs> to- but you got the job. I did. Well, I took a different job in the meantime. Uh, You know, this was another self-esteem building thing. I I was waiting to hear from DuPage County. Meanwhile, I applied to another job, uh, the village of Hinsdale, and they hired me right away. So I took that job thinking, okay, well, I might never hear from DuPage County again. So Mm -hmm. um, took the job, worked a couple months, and then DuPage County called back and said, hey, we want to hire you. And I said, I already have a job. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take it because, well, the Hinsdale job was only part-time though, and I didn't Mm. have benefits. Mm -hmm. So after a little back and forth, I decided to go ahead and leave the short stint that I had at Hinsdale. I felt horrible for doing that, but um, I left that job and then took the uh, DuPage County job, the full-time. That that was a full-time job. Um, So how did it feel? Uh, Like your first, even your first day back on the Hinsdale job before you took the full-time one, the work that you were doing, did you have to scramble and research and, and do a lot of sort of upskilling in the no. moment or you didn't? No. You know, what's crazy was that I thought, oh my God, I didn't even have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is 2015 and I was the last, no, 2014, I was the last one of my friends to get a smartphone. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about engineering is very little changes. The mm-hmm. technology is now changing, but at the time, the the biggest uh, mind blowing change in the workforce for me was really nice coffee machines, photocopy <laughs> machines. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, um, our engineers who work in you know a range of different types of engineering jobs, um, 
some of them will report that there is this, even if they've been out for a long time, that there's this underlying feel of familiarity that the, some of the problems we're dealing with are still the same, but there's an overlay of some sort of technology or analysis layer, and that's the part that they need to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I applied to the government. Things don't change in the government nearly as quickly as in the private sector. Uh, um, Computer-aided drafting is so completely different. Um, mm -hmm. Hydraulic modeling software is different. Even, you know, just using Microsoft Teams, uh, you know, Excel was so much different than when I remembered it to me. So, so that kind of stuff was definitely different, but I didn't have to use it quite so much. It, mine was more managing consultants and mm -hmm. managing projects. Mm -hmm. So I, I could do that. I spoke the language of engineering and I'm a mm -hmm. water resources engineer. So water will always flow downhill and that'll never change. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm looking out the window at a torrential rainstorm <laughs> that just passed through. Um, so let's just step back for a second. I'm curious about what was going on on the home front during all of this transition, during you feeling going through this vulnerable period, not knowing how it was going to work out, then starting months later, to, to, well, to, you got one, one offer, the part-time and then the full-time. How were you managing this with your three children? And did you involve them? Did you try to shield them from your emotions? Like what happened in the house? Uh, you know, I think it was scary for them to see me crying all the time, <laughs> crying all the time. But, uh, you know, it was a it wasn't a long, it, nothing lasts forever. It wasn't a long period of time. And, um, you know, me getting back to work, I was on top of the world. I just, that just, I felt like I was Lucy again. I'm back, mm -hmm. you know. Um, mm -hmm. It really was one of the biggest achievements that I feel that the biggest magic trick, I think, you know, because mm -hmm. I just didn't think I could make it happen. Mm -hmm. But um, I did feel like on top of the world. I felt like everything was going to be okay. And my kids could see that. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was tough for them because this was the first time I had to put them in uh, daycare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first summer I worked, uh, we hired a nanny, but then we had to put them in daycare. They hated it. I felt horrible about it. Mm -hmm. But um, otherwise, they adjusted well. And, you know, my message for any stay at home mom is that I was, I loved going to work and being able to drink coffee without being interrupted and doing my thing and not wiping any butts, you know, it, it was lovely. <laughs> uh, thank you for putting out there, like the, the reality of, of how you're feeling in that new environment. And I can totally relate to this part about feeling on top of the world when you're back at work and feeling like you said, feeling like Lucy again. So like feeling like a more complete person. And, you know, of course that's very different for, for people. And, uh, but I'm thinking people who are actively looking to relaunch their careers after some sort of career break, and it could be for childcare reasons, um, might be nodding their heads in agreement and, you know, that, that they're, they're feeling um, very similar. So can you talk a little bit about, uh, how you used LinkedIn as a communications tool uh, while you were going through a lot of this process. And even now um, I see posts from you and you have, there's such a, an authenticity and honesty to, and uh, 
to, and I want to say vulnerability to what you put out in the public domain. Um, and I was curious how people reacted to it and how you felt even going public with some of the posts that you make. Well, I, you know, I never used LinkedIn as a communication vehicle until I ran for Naperville City Council. Uh, actually, that was just kind of me being, um, me exploiting. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to campaign to whatever professionals might be in Naperville on LinkedIn. I'm just going to put some messages out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, it was just my own selfish messages. Well, not selfish, but my own messages that I thought was for a very small audience. I think I had only maybe, maybe a couple hundred LinkedIn contacts at the time mm-hmm. that I started posting. And then um, after I lost the election, I decided, well, I'm still, you know, I, I started posting things about, um, you know, just, uh, I can't like my campaign failing, you know, my, my fundraising, I hate fundraising, you know, trying to be financially responsible as a politician and people really responded to those. So, um, I thought, Oh, I'm going to put these little messages of, you know, little inspirational messages. And, um, one of them came, you know, after the campaign, I lost the election and I thought, you know, it's nice to Put out a nice, nice little message every once in a while. So I posted mm-hmm. about you know having been out of work for for ten years and not interviewing for thirteen years, and I put out that message that hey, don't give up hope. That mm-hmm. you can, I did it, and maybe you can too. And either way, I I, I wish you well. So that just got me so much. It was like uh, like I was raised by a sea of po- positivity from everybody who re- reacted to that. I thought it was yeah, just wonderful. That's and so I got great. to hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. So people got right, responded to you in a very personal way and told you their stories too? Yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, I this resonates with me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going through the same thing. Or I went through the same thing. And some of the stories I'm just so impressed by because, you know, mm people were much worse off than I was and did even better than I did. So, you know, kudos to everyone who has been through it and was able to get past it. Yeah, I I have to say it's one of the most gratifying parts about the work that we do is when we hear from people who have struggled to relaunch their careers and then were later successful in how they did it. And we hear from them pretty regularly. And it's super emotional for me um, because I I remember going through it myself, um, but also the stories. They're they're so powerful, as you're saying. So um, yeah, that that's uh, they they have a big impact on me, on our team, and I think on the whole I relaunch community. Uh, as you're saying, we lift each other up when we share these stories. That is so true, um, Lucy. You have such resilience, and I I see it in your messages. I see it in this the the relaunch story that you tell, and talking to you right now. And I want to know if you can give some recommendations for women and men who are relaunching careers after a divorce or as a single parent, specifically someone who is in that situation. Well, I would say reach out to other people who are in your situation. You know, I actually stumbled upon an online divorce support group when I was going through my divorce. And 
it was a lifesaver to me. At the time, none of my friends were divorced. Actually, one friend was divorced, but she didn't have kids. Uh, another friend had been divorced, but that was before. I was the only person that I knew that had gone through it with children and in my area, you know, where I lived. So mm -hmm. I felt really alone. And I didn't, even though my friends would listen to me, they didn't know what I was going through. So this divorce support group was great, knowing that, you know, just going through it with other people. And um, so I would say, reach out to other people. There are many support groups out there or, you know, Facebook groups like yours for the relaunch, mm -hmm. you know, for relaunching. Mm -hmm. So if you can find like-minded people, everyone likes to help each other out. And, mm -hmm. and listen, sometimes you just need a compassionate ear. Yeah, absolutely. And you're referencing the I Relaunch Return to Work Forum, which is a private group on Facebook that now has about 7,500 relaunchers in it, but it's so vibrant and so active and very supportive. So it's exactly what you're talking about, Lucy. And by the way, anyone who is looking to join that group, you have to answer three questions to join the group. And we do that because we wanna make sure that only relaunchers are in the group and not people who wanna sell services to relaunchers or something like that. So um, definitely uh, look that up as a resource and there are other resources similar to it um, that are out there too. So Lucy, I wanna jump to that moment where you left your first relaunch role. I don't know. Can you talk to us about maybe how long you were in that role and then you decided to leave it and run for office? Can you give us a, a little bit of the backstory there? Sure. Uh, the backstory is that a lot can happen in five and a half years. So from the time I started uh, my relaunch job as an engineer, again, uh, I call it engineering 2.0. Mm -hmm. I, I finished my divorce I bought a new house. I um, I traveled the world. Actually, I, I tr you know one of the things about shared custody is I got a lot more time off. So mm -hmm. I went and visit, reconnected with a lot of my friends, and I started dating. Mm -hmm. So I met my now husband two years after my divorce, and we were married a year and a half later. So mm -hmm. I'm remarried. And once we got remarried, I, you know, once I got remarried, I started thinking, well, we, we both made great money and mm -hmm. we're living in my tiny house with a <laughs> tiny mortgage. So I'm thinking, what do I want for myself now? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think I would like to do something else. So I looked at MBA programs and decided, yeah, I think I should just, I, I, always, I had always wanted to get an MBA. And this was a good opportunity. I chose the University of Illinois because it's an online MBA program mm -hmm. and it's very flexible. You know, with three children, it's, it's you know, three children and a full-time job. So I started yeah. when I was still full-time, working full-time. Mm -hmm. And then I went ahead and uh, decided I'm going to go head first. I'm going to really pour myself into the program and mm -hmm. um, take more classes. So this is all within a span of five and a half years. Uh, and during the you know after i left the left my career this run for city council was actually on a whim mm -hmm. <laughs> it was my friend christina just kept poking me mm -hmm. she kept coming after me saying you really should run for city council you know so much about how municipalities run you know about engineering resiliency and so finally about a week and a half before the petitions were due to become a candidate for city council I just, I said, fine, I'll do it. I, I ran out of reasons to say no. And um, 
I, I pounded the pavement. I walked all over Naperville getting signatures for this petition. I think I had to get uh, like 300 and something signatures, but um, mm-hmm. I did it just in time to get my petition in. And I went ahead and ran and I came from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did not understand the political landscape. Uh, I like to describe myself as a dog that became unchained and started running stupid around the neighborhood. You know, I, I ruined, I messed up everything for the, uh, for the, uh, you know, I apologize to the other candidates who are running, who are like, who is this? You're not part of a political party. We've never heard of you before. And here you are running your mouth. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a wonderful experience. And, and I am now, I have great relationships with uh, city council now, my fellow candidates and a lot of the community who is much more plugged in with politics. I love that. And I love that you come away with it so positively and thinking about what an enriching experience it was. Uh, So I'm curious now, you are post-election, you are still in your MBA program. And what do you like, where do you think you are now in your career journey? And what do you have your eye on next? Well, I'm not sure. You know, what's interesting is I thought, okay, I need to get my MBA because I can't make a career pivot without it, which I think is true for the most part. But once I started the program, you know, I'm looking around, I'm a year and a a little over a year and a half into it. Mm -hmm. And I have about a year to go. And the possibilities really are endless now. Now I realize Mm -hmm. how big the world is, what skills I have, Mm -hmm. and what skills I'm still going to learn. And that there are so many roles that I can fill. So my job is to narrow things down and decide what I want to do. But um, it's, I've, I've gotten positive feedback, especially from my, my MBA cohorts. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I don't know yet, but uh, I'm sure I'm going to find something, something good. Yeah, that's really exciting. And the idea that you are using an online MBA degree that you were, you were in that program while you were working full time. And I'm sure you're, how you spend your time in the program is different now, but there's, there are options because of that. And it fulfills that same purpose that a traditional in-person MBA would fill in that it allows you to step back and sort of reframe how you think about where, where your career might lead and potentially allows you to uh, make a career transition if that's what you decide to do. Uh, So that's very exciting. And how much time do you have left in the program? Uh, About a year. I should graduate in August of next year. However, the nice thing about this program is like during the election, during campaign season, I was so busy that I dropped my class. I dropped I had two. Cl- I was taking two classes, and I dropped one mm-hmm. because I just couldn't concentrate on it, and it was fine. It it set me back, but um, not by much. And mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm only taking one class, and it's perfect because you know my kids are back in school, and I'm learning other things on the side. So uh, the flexibility of being able to, I still have this goal. It might take me a little longer to get there if I keep, you know, keep doing other things outside of it. But it's. Um, it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you left your engineering job, did the pandemic have something to do with that? No. Interestingly enough, the pandemic shutdown happened one day after my last day of work. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so- the MBA program had no disruption. 
because mm-hmm. it's already an online program. There was no disruption in mm-hmm. my in my classes. Mm, interesting. Well, we're running out of time now. I love having this conversation with you. And I wanted to know, Lucy, if you can um, answer the question we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Well, my best piece of advice is that, uh, and I borrow this from my husband, who I'm sure it, it's it's out there, positivity attracts positivity. Mm-hmm. And seek people out that want to see you succeed. And make sure that you want to see other people succeed too. And good things will come your way. Mm. That's that's great advice and a a great attitude to have about yourself that spills over into your relationships with other people. Uh, so, Lucy, can you tell us what your LinkedIn profile is called? And do you have many many followers now from that original group of two hundred? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I think around the time I campaigned, I was like, oh, I think I should probably get 500, you know, have the 500 plus. So <laughs> yeah. by the time I, by the time I started my campaign, I, you know, I networked with everybody from University of Illinois, from my MBA program and other people that I already knew. And um, I got 500. So now I'm at right around 4,000. And yeah, and that was all because of almost all of it was because of that one post that went viral. I, it's yeah. got like, three, three million views. And, you know, yeah, a lot of reactions, I think 100,000 reactions. So uh, that once again, that's the positivity, positivity attracts positivity. It's Mm -hmm. people like that message. So that's why a lot of people have asked me to keep writing positive messages. So I, I put out something every once in a while. That's great. Well, that's a great place to wrap up. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This has been wonderful. Yeah, for me too. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch conferences and events, To sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to irelaunch.com. And I'll mention that registration is open for our conferences coming up in October. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.